a uh, a nigan in a bust in her Really beautiful nigan. It's like a bit, it's very, very beautiful. I hope I remember the whole thing. It's, it's like a majestic, gewaldic, I think it's four or five parts. I forgot how many parts it is.
What a Megan, right? Can like save your life. That Megan can save your life. That's like it's like a symphony. Like it's like that's like the world should know about that Megan. It's recorded over here in this year, and you know, yeah. Rachel. Yeah. Mm. You definitely want this lachaim, but it's, <laughs> it's good stuff. When I was in high school, actually the high school where I studied with Shalom Zal, I had him for ninth and tenth grade. The previous, the founder of the yeshiva. Uh, crazy people never met him, and I met him. Uh, yeah, so he, he, anyway, I had him from when I was 14 and 15 and 16. And from then on, like, and he was uh, there for me in very profound ways throughout my life. And any case, so I switched out of that high school, even though it was a private Jewish high school and was not so huge. I mean, there are, there are large high schools out there. And this was like maybe 400 people in the whole school. It's not that big. I still felt like a number. One of the worst feelings is to feel like a number, right? On the other hand, <clears throat> the, the, uh, the next school that I went to was called MIND, which stands for Moving in New Directions, which is an amazing acronym. And um, there, the board that made all the decisions for the school, was six students, three parents, and three teachers. So we had a full 50% uh, power, painting the bathrooms, anything. Like we really had full, it was an amazing thing. It was such a, so I went from feeling like a number to counting. So you see numbers on the one hand can be really negative, can just be like you're just a mere number that totally rob you of identity and turn you into a mathematical figure. On the other hand, when you count, when you stand up and are counted and are part of something that you care about and, and the organization or whatever it is needs you and, and you really count, then it's actually the most wonderful thing there is. It's a very, very fascinating phenomenon. And that's what we're gonna be kind of like learning about is this concept of, of numbers and how this fits in with um, Haman's anti-Semitism and Sfiras HaOmer and the, and the half shekels that everyone gives. And so there's there's this whole thing of, of count we, that we do count Amisel on the other hand, right? Ah, Toby, you missed it. I, I just was saying when I was in high school and I switched out of Herzliya where Rav Shalom was teaching, I switched out because I felt like a number. But the new place I went to, I was on the school board where there were six students, three parents and three teachers. And I felt like I counted. So it was still, I, it was a number thing, but it was a completely different number thing. So numbers are, as we're going to see from Rav Nazan, numbers correspond to a Kabbalistic concept called Kalipas Noga. A very fascinating thing. Kalipas Noga is something that is described in the first chapter of Yechezkel, when Yechezkel saw, Yechezkel Navi saw the chariot, of Hashem, with all the angels in it. So the Zohar Kodesh says, "Why was, why did Yechezkel have, um, why was he given permission 
to tell about what he saw, all the prophets saw the Merkava, and only Yechezkel divulged, says the Zohar. So why was he, Dafka, given permission? Is because the Jews had gone into Galus, to good Yom HaZikaron Torah, the Jews had gone into Galus, and they felt that they were abandoned by Hashem. They were in Bavel. And when Yechezkel described the Merkava in detail, and that it had come with them to Bavel, uh, this gave Am Yisrael confidence that Hashem was with them in their sorrow and in their pain. The Zohar is darshaning this on the letter Vav at the beginning of Sefer Shmos. Shmos B'nei Yisrael, the Vav of V'ele Shmos, the Vav is Hashem and the Merkava and all the angels were all came to be with us in Mitzray, to be with us in our pain, in our exile. <clears throat> it's an amazing thing. So, so, Yecheska, when he's describing this, he says there was the storm wind and a fire, and uh, uh, I always forget the third thing a wind, a fire, and cloud, anangado. And then was a noga lo there was a, a glow around the Merkava, and then inside it was the angels and the whole vision. So the first three things of fire, wind, and cloud, those are corresponding to, and the Tanya speaks about this at length, those are corresponding to the Gimel Klipos Tameos, the three husks or shells that are, are completely impure, totally no good. That represents, for instance, in the food world, food that is just completely not kosher. The way we relate to it is by not eating it. That's all we can do. And la'asid lava, when Hashem will um, get rid of the ruach tuma, I mean ha'aretz, Hashem will will totally extract all and and you know whatever that means, reveal or just uh, all the tuma will go away or self destruct or reveal itself to what it really is. However you want to look at it, then we'll be able to eat. Anything. There won't be all these restrictions. The, the tuma. There won't be these the, these um, barriers. Like in food intolerances, or what's that? You mean food intolerances, or, or oh, no. also, but also, but here, here I'm talking about kosher. Here I'm talking about kosher. <laughs> things, things that are tummy for everybody. But it also means that uh, there won't have to be a descent to have an ascent. It'll, the whole paradigm will change. Mm-hmm. So uh, this Rav Nassim speaks about in Likut HaLachas in Hilchus Pesach Knesset Salacha Aleph, if you want to see. In any case, the, 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 here, the Yechezkel Hanavi sees these first, these three things, and then the glowing, a glow. Noga lo Noga corresponds to a shining shell. So that corresponds actually to kosher food. Is that? That's interesting. I don't know. I don't know. Oh yeah, there's a planet called Noga. I think I think the Gemara has a planet that's called one of the one of the planets. So in any case. First, those are the first surrounding it's like it's like these spheres that are surrounding the merkava god's chariot and uh so there are these there are these shells around it the first three are totally impure and then there's a glowing shell called noga so if you have any chabadniks they're connected to they can also talk to you a lot about this the tanya speaks a lot about this so noga corresponds to kosher food in the, I'm just using food because it's an easy one for us to relate to. So kosher food, you're allowed to eat it, right? So it could go positive, <clears throat> right? You can use it for good energy. You can use it to do good things. You can use it to grow. Amazing. Um, you can use kosher food for good things. But it could also energize you for the negative conceivably could you could overeat you could and and or you could use the energy to for bad to do to do to do the negative things 
So it could go either way. That's the idea. It's a, it's not like utter kedusha. It's not like complete kedusha. Like um, matzah on Pesach night, the first kazayis says that that eating is unique, where it's a biblical mitzvah to eat that. That's something else. That's going good. That's going to be only good for you. Um, but we have, it's very rare that we experience um, food that is completely only on the side of kedusha. Shabbos food, Rabbi Nachman said, Shabbos food is kulo koydish. So, um, fine. So, Rabbi Nachman is saying that numbers also are like klipas nova. Numbers, when they're used well, can make a person feel like they count, like they're important, like they're needed. You count. Numbers, when they're used not well, can totally, totally destroy. This is that's what Hitler Yimachshimo did, right? He Davka Bechavana was trying to turn people into numbers, and that's one of the things that we feel like when 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 you look. Oh, how there was another pigua today. How many people? What you know? Like it just it turns into these statistics, and it's depressing and it's heavy, right? So Mnasin says, when we're doing Sfiras Haomer. We're trying to redeem the whole concept of counting. We're trying to let the tov, hakavush, the, the goodness that has been captured, right? There's, we inside are so good. Each of our souls is so pure. It's a princess that has been trapped. <laughs> and we have to redeem our lost princess in ourselves, right? We have to recognize and the good that it has been captured, tov hakavush, the good that has been captured, that has been captured, needs to be told how great it is. It needs to be told how great it is. This this thing is 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 uh, based on Torah 17 in the Kutulana. Rabbi Nassim uses that um, that concept. That the Kotov HaKavush needs to be, needs to hear Ma'alosoi, how deeply awesome it is, how much, and, and how does Rabbi Nachman describe the greatness that is within us, how high it is, that God consulted, this, the Midrash Rabbah, beginning of Rachel's Rabbah says that God consulted with the souls of the righteous before creating the world to like take their advice of how we're going to make the world. And the souls of the righteous is not only a few special people, it's all the souls of Ami's soul. So our souls predate existence and we're part of the council, the great holy heavenly council that went into the whole thing of creating the world. Really incredible. We're, it's not that we're, this is Torah 17 in the Kutia Murad. And that thing about the God consulting the souls of the righteous is a Midrash Rabbah. It's a Midrash Rabbah in Parshas Brachis. I don't remember exactly where to find it. So it means it's not just that we're at the height within creation. We have this height of connectivity to God before, in the most deepest sense of before, before time, which means like, that at every instant, in a certain way, we're still doing that. Our souls are connected to that depth of consultation pre-creation. It's an incredibly like that. That's like that's that's. It was that midrash Rabbi Nachman chose to tell us our greatness. That that's that's how high it goes. And by right, so he says. All of this is the concept of Sfiras HaOmer Lahavio, Latoch Minyan Umispar Tikadusha. To know that our own days, our own lives, our own process and journeys and everything, each one, each day counts and is real. It really matters. It's not just like whatever Labor started deciding, go and make chakras, doesn't make chakras. Today was a little, uh, but anyways, so like this, the, the, no, it's real. And every bracha that I managed to make, even in the circumstances, that etc., that I was up extra late and then uh, slept in a bit and then 
thought I could go here and then left something and had to go back and et cetera, et cetera. All of that stuff is real. And every little bit that you manage is like the holy of all these mamish, really real. And this is the concept also that Hashem counts Am Yisrael. Hashem is counting us so many times in the Torah. Counting us, counting us, counting us, counting us. Why to have us not to make us feel like a number? Right? That's not the, when God counts you, it's amazing. Right? It's really, really amazing. And then he gave us this mitzvah, menu ve'itzru. That's the simon in uh, Shulchan Aruch. Make certain simanim of certain parshas that need to happen at certain points in the in the year. Always have to read parshas Midbar, right before Atzeres, right before the word for Shavuos in the Chumash is Atzeres. So menu ve'itru count, and then have, then stop, then have your Shavuos. That's the simon that you always have to read Parshas Bamidbar, the Shabbos immediately preceding Shavuos. And what's the Parshas Bamidbar about? Amisel being counted. So it's called the Book of Numbers in English, the fourth book, Bamidbar. It's Apakudin, Chazal called. So um, he's saying it's all the same idea. Our counting of our days, the um, Bamidbar preceding Shavuos. We need to know that we count so that the Harsinai is relevant. <laughs> and it's not just for other people, special people. It's for us, for really me and my life and everything I'm going through. It's real. It counts. And to feel that we're, we really are counted by Hashem. Hashem's command was that we should feel beloved. And that just like somebody, you know, who has things that really matter to them, they count them all the time. So, so to Hashem, we, loves us so much, he wants to count us all the time. And so he says, this whole thing of Hashem counting us in a certain way, though, is sort of funny because the Pasuk says in Hosea, that's The number of Am Yisrael will be so big that it'll be immeasurable and uncountable. So the beginning of the Pasuk, the end of the Pasuk is funny. The number of Am Yisrael will be unnumberable, innumerable. Why? There's something called above numbers, which is really who we are. Who we really are doesn't need to be counted. Who we really are is just divine, is these souls that were part of the council behind creation and still are, right? It's so high. The source of the roots of the souls of Amisel are the essence of goodness and is above number entirely. Because they're just like God can't be counted, so too can we not be counted. As Eliyahu Nabi said, Lifnei Echad, Ma'ata Sofer, before the number one, what do you count? It's like, it's like, what's the sound of one hand clapping? Like in Judaism, like, like, what number do you count before the number one? It's beyond number. Just because our souls get enclosed within bodies, and now we're in the world of math and separation, so there's this big battle going on in the number world. A big, huge battle. The same thing I dealt with in high school. They said, are you just a number or do you count? It's a huge thing. Really who we are is above number completely. But there's this whole battle in the number world going on. That's what's going on. That's where the main battle is, is in Klippas Noga. Because things that are completely forbidden. So, you know, we really shouldn't do them at all. And and and, and we kind of know that we shouldn't. And, and, and if we get stuck in them and we, we stop where the battle is and what sucks us in to the really holy really seriously negative things is the in between is the in between is klipas nogas the kosher food is the kosher uh, you know 
you know, once you get to like the fourth movie, you know, or whatever it is, it's like, okay, but it's a kosher movie, fine, but you want to watch four, or whatever it is, right? So I'm saying, I'm saying like, whatever, whatever it is, there's, there's, there's a, there's a battle in the world dafka of Noga. And that is specifically having to do with this thing of number. Is what I'm about to do going to make me feel like more of a number? Is, or is it going to help me or help someone else feel that they really count, right? That's like a way to think about the next thing I'm about to do. Is it kavod Hashem? If it's kavod Hashem, it's going to bring in this sense of counting. If it's kind of moving away from kavod Hashem, then it's maybe getting stuck in, it's also the competition world, the measuring world, the whole thing of, of quantifying and comparing people, which is like really... Once you get stuck in it, it's so hard to get out of it. Even within the Torah world, unfortunately, it happens. Like, how much do I know? How much do I not know? Does he know? Instead of just the experience right now, I'm learning Hashem's Torah. No, I, how much did I do it there? And did I do it well better last time? Or is it there? How much do I know? And we turn, we quantify, the moment that we quantify and compare, we're, we're below, we get stuck below number. So there's below number where you just mere number and the number leads to death there's number which if you use it right it can help you to feel you count which catapults you above numbers entirely to a sense of the divine a place that is beyond numbers and the battle is in the place of the number really cool construct right it's gewaldic this is in so he says This is why when Amishel get counted in the Torah, how do we do it? Through giving tzedakah. That's how we get counted. Dafka through Achatzi Shekel. Otherwise, there's danger. In the days of David and Melech, there was a whole crazy uh, plague that came because we counted Amishel not using Achatzi Shekel. We're supposed to only every time we get counted is by giving Charity towards the Beis Hamikdash, towards the Mishkan. The first time was for the Mishkan, and then it went on every year for towards the Beis Hamikdash and the functioning of the Beis Hamikdash, the Kurbanos of the Beis Hamikdash, the public offerings. Because when you give tzedakah, Rabbi Nachman has this unbelievable teaching that when you give tzedakah, you purify the air. Tzedakah changes the air. He says, because the thing is, yeah, we all want to tell each other how much you count. Yeah, you really count, you count, you count. I count, I want to tell myself, I can't. But the air doesn't carry the message. The air is too physical. It's too separating. Instead of joining people together, the air separates people. But when you give tzedakah, the air changes. Such an unbelievable door from the Just The air changes. When you open your home up and you call somebody or you, you go to someone's house and bring them food when they're sick or whatever it is, when you do tzedakah, the air, it's like Sesame Street. The air is sweet. Like the air becomes. <laughs> were you thinking that already? The, no. <laughs> we're expecting reference. I really like Sesame Street. Me too. There's a, lot, there's a lot. There's a lot of uh, great. If, we, if the whole world would just live the way they teach. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> so so this is the air is sweet. Why do they say that? What do they mean? But everybody knows what they mean. It means that the air doesn't separate us, doesn't make us feel splintered and disconnected. The air brings us together, makes us feel we're part of something. As we were sharing the atmosphere, it's an amazing thing. So tzedakah, Rabbi Nachman says, changes the air so that the tov hakavush, that incredible high goodness, this lost princess in each of us, can hear its greatness. It can hear it. So the more tzedakah you do, the better the air gets, the more the voice of the tzaddik and the tzaddik within each of us can reach each other and it become, the air becomes a medium for true communication, for real communication, which is this, which is, which is, which is knowing your greatness. So, So he says, this is what we're doing with Sfirsa Omer. Seven times seven 
is getting to the very root of all numbers. And the 50th gate that we're getting to for Shavuos, really, he says that the, it's not a number at all. He says, he says, he says, we call it Akinui means like a nickname. We give it a nickname the 50th day. That's why we don't count the 50th day. Torah says, we don't count day 50, right? Only to 49. Why? Because that day of the 50th day of Shavuos isn't a numbered day that through counting the foreverness of the foreverness, seven times seven, which is this, this, this foreverness of all the midos, seven and again and again and again and again, you get to the day after forever, you get to this day that is beyond number entirely. That's the greatness of Shavuos, where we can really know, experience, closeness with Hashem, a new sense of really receiving the Torah. We call it We call it that, but it itself is really above all number. And so he says, but there is this concept, this is what we're getting to Haman now, he built a gallows that was 50, Amos Han, because Haman was trying to call and muster all together the full powers of darkness, the power of numbers of darkness, and to get feeling like a number to such a degree that we would just lose all sense of having anything above number and just fall below the numbers to, to utter darkness, to complete feeling just like, uh, you know, just a number, just, just, just nothing. And therefore, he says, he says, so, so how does it work with the Sheker? He says an unbelievable thing. Falsehood, like truth, if you want to say the truth about something, you can only say one thing. Like this is a bottle of whiskey. You could say, well, it's actually apple juice. You could say it's beer. It's whatever. You could say a million things about that are sheker, right? And he says, but Hashem doesn't give complete power to sheker. Because if he did, then the world would totally like, like we would just be lying to such an extent. I mean, nowadays it's crazy. Somebody just sending around using AI, a Shlomo Torah, as if it's him. It's a mimic of his voice. Sounds just like him. And he's telling over the Torah in the movie, The Big Lebowski. And it's ridiculous. And it's not Shlomo. It's an AI generated thing. But it sounds much like Shlomo did it. I heard they came out with a new Nirvana song. That like the, the, the Nirvana, I mean, he died a long time ago. And, 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 and it sounds like them. You know, it's crazy. What's the degree of Shekhar that's possible now is much higher. Yeah. Two musicians are suing really? Drake or something because they made a song mm. and they released it. An AI song? Or, yeah, but of them. But... Oh, meaning? meaning they, Drake is suing them. Meaning? I don't know. I don't even know how you can do that. But yeah, it's getting, getting. He made an AI song of them. Someone made an AI song using some famous singers, and now they're trying to sue the person. Well, <laughs> far out. Oh, because they're saying I'm the like I'm Drake. You, you, right, right, right. Oh trippy. So it's really <laughs> trippy what's going on right now. So listen to what Ramosa says. Ramosa says an incredible thing. He says. He says. He says an amazing thing. Where is it? Where, where does he say? One second. He says that Sheker, um, um, one second. Oh, he has this lush on. Where is it? 
of this year. Oh, 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 oh. He says it's amazing. He says it's it, as a shot and a pasuk in the Navi. Um, and he says that there's a point where the Sheker gets to such a degree of so much falsehood that the degree of the falsehood itself points back to God again and points back to the elegance of the truth. Wow. An amazing, amazing thing. And he says, There's so much sheker to the point where I just want to find where he brings a pasta darn. Okay, I'm sorry though. Okay, so he says that there's a point where somebody who just looks for real can see this is too much. It's too crazy. It's too so much checker, it doesn't make any sense anymore. And the simple elegance, like 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 what's going on now with multiverses, like really, you know, in other words, like uh, like the, the in order to because the, We've proven scientifically and mathematically the chances of evolution, even if you go with evolution. But the chances that we would that the universe would produce us is so low, unbelievably low. That's like unbelievably low. It's like uh, flipping a coin like a billion times and getting heads every single time, or something like that. It's an un- incredibly low time chance. And uh, and so the so the what do you have to say? Yeah, but there are that many multiverses, there are that many universes, and we're just like, there's another one where uh, Ringo Starr never left the band. You know, in other words, it's like, it's like unbelievable. <laughs> That's what they have to say now, though. Many scientists really seriously ascribe to the multiverse idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, look it up. Because otherwise, because otherwise, there's this book called The Anthropic Principle, mm-hmm. which, which, which shows how, if you look at the universe that we inhabit anyway, it seems that from the beginning, it was set up to create people. Because otherwise, the chances of all these things working out are, are in, so infinitesimal that it's like design. Like it just has to be. So the only way out of that is to say, yeah, yeah, but it's still by chance because there's that many universes. <laughs> but they have no, they have no evidence. But no, no evidence of those other universes. I don't know. I don't know. Look it up yourself. But that's I'm, I. This is uh, as, as far as I know. This is very yeah yeah yeah. What's his name? Held that before he died. Hawkins. Yeah, he was a multiverse man. He was. He, he, I didn't. I didn't know that. But but. Uh, <laughs> okay. That's like what. Okay. I have to check. Okay, but anyway, for sure, I know that that he definitely ascribed to multiverses, and so so. Because otherwise, it's like you're overwhelmed by evidence of that. This universe is mamish, like so unlikely that it, like. It, any case, so that's like an example of this concept that the sheker has to get so wacky that the elegance of one god is it, it just is like like it's got to win, right? So maybe the sheker still hasn't gotten it. We need AI. We need who knows? It's crazy. It's crazy. Maybe next next week I'll have an AI generated here. <laughs> a hologram will walk in. <laughs> so I'm whacked out. That could be your thing. Nice. <laughs> 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 she cream and bleach here. The sheker is so bad. She cream these gold robe alum to sheker because because to the point where the first lie gets comes out, and then they say another lie and another lie. And to the point where it just can't be. The Zebchinas Ace as a shot lata the autumn, the Rallo. But he has another Pasuk. Okay, it's another one. Mikolis Maim Rabbi Mishbirayam Adir Bamaram Shem. But he had a better Pasuk. I'm not finding it right now. Any case, so that's eventually. He says that's what's going to happen eventually. That the sheker will just multiply to such a degree that it will disprove itself. An amazing idea. <laughs> Not quite there yet, but we're getting there. But if you find the smallest particle, it just keeps going smaller. Mm-hmm. 
And right now, the smallest particle they can find are like strings, mm -hmm. like the smallest form of energy that produces sound, mm -hmm. which is interesting. Very interesting. There's an actual vibration of some kind. Is it proven or is that string theory? Or is I that... think it's proven at this yeah? point. Amazing. Maybe. I don't know. I, I shouldn't say that. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to The multiverse thing is fascinating. Any case, fine. So, so what happened with Haman? Let's go back, right, to this unbelievable thing. That Haman goes, we're going to read some of the Midrash now. Um, just one second. So Haman goes um, to where am I? Haman goes to the king, and he says. Aseret alafim kikar kesef eshkol. He says, I'm going to pay you 10,000 kikar kesef, this huge number amount of money, which the Gemara, there's a Tosfot and Daftet Zayin and Masechet Megillah, who says that that is equal to uh, the Chatzis Shekel for each Jew that was originally taken to build the Mishkan. The Bach and other Rishonim say it's more. It's actually 50 years of chatzis shekels of 600,000 Jews, which is like from age 20 to age 70, which is the average lifespan or something like that. In any case, different ways to get to the math. But either way, it says Haman Dafka gave Keneged. He was like fighting that original moment of counting that was staka, counting that was to create a shared space of holiness. Counting that was the most wonderful, greatest counting ever, and to negate it and say, Look, I can just buy you. I can buy you. You are a commodity. I can buy you and get rid of you. Right? The same way that Hilary Machimo emblazoned numbers onto people, he was trying to do this to Amisrael Dafka. And he says, so the measure says that why did he choose that number? Right now, I don't know how many Jews there are. When they left Egypt, there were 600,000. For each one, I'll give. And here, there's all the Rishonim with a different perush in what this means. If it's a half shekel for each person, if it's the equivalent of what a half shekel was then, which is more than the Etzer, or if it's 50 years of it, either way. So this was, so the Gemara says on this medrash, the Gemara says on this idea, that Hashem said to Haman, you evil man, their shekels came before your shekels, and their shekels are going to win. Right? Hashem was saying, you cannot reverse. That's also what's in the background over here, that they were using the kalim of the Beis HaMikdash. According to one opinion of the Gemara, that was what, caused the whole nace of Purim that Hashem got so upset How could you dare you use the 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 vessels of the base of Mikdash that are the same idea, a vessel, a physical thing that doesn't separate, that connects, that you can't do that and can't touch this kind of thing. And like and so they just it just was was this chutzpah. So so too Haman was trying to use numbers. Money is the ultimate number. This quantifying of power, of, of, of possession, of status to buy Dafka Am Yisrael. So the king takes off his, um, his uh, ring and gives it to him, right? Rabbanana means the rabbi said on this. What is this idea that he, why did the king take off his ring? Says the Chachamim. Achashverosh hated the Jews even more than Haman. What's normal is that when you want to give um, a, uh, a, a collateral, kind of like a proof that you're for sure going to go through with a business deal, who gives the collateral? The buyer to prove that 
you know, I'll give you the money soon. Here, take something of value already now. And later I'll give you the money. The seller doesn't give the buyer something to guarantee that the, that it's going to go through, right? It's the, it's the, usually the seller has his thing. He's fine. He doesn't want to part with his car or whatever it is. The buyer is buying it off of him. So he's okay. So, but if, if you want to buy it, you got to prove to me that you're going to follow through with the money. Give me a collateral. Give me something. Give me some, give me a, a down payment. Give me a, a prepayment, whatever it is. But here, uh, it was the opposite. Achashverosh gave Haman the, um, his ring as proof that he'll follow through with this and will really let him destroy the Jews, right? And the Gemara says, the greater was the taking off of the ring than all of the prophets of Amisel. <laughs> because Amisel all started doing chuba when they heard about this. So ask the Marsha on that Gemara. This is Daf, Yudali, Amunalf in the Quran. Why is this taking off of the ring that did it, right? Second, how does he ask it? It says, um, sorry. Um, but the main reason the people, the Jews, the Chuvah was taking off the, the, the ring. And not because the actual Xera. What about the actual Xera that says the Jews are to be killed? That's that's the that's the why is it the taking off of the ring? Was because by taking off the ring, he was showing how much he wanted this to happen. And then another parish from Avionis and Avish, it says further. And so does the Eitz Yosef, a parish on the, on the Medjish Rabbah, that <clears throat> what it means he took off a ring was he gave his ring to Hama. Which means he can't change <clears throat> any decree because he doesn't even have the ring anymore. He can't not just change, he can't make new decrees. You know, he can't change the decree. But he can't make new decrees to possibly change the situation because Hama, the one who wants to kill us, he's got the ring. And the Jews felt like we can't do our shtadlanut, we can't go and try to send APAC over to the <laughs> to the Chachashver. It's not going to work now because he gave the ring, he gave the veto power completely to Haman. There's no, the ring's gone. So that's why it was the taking off of the ring that freaked us out so much. And then the Medrash continues, it says unbelievable thing. And this will be the last little piece. As the Medrash says, um, so then what did the Melech do? He didn't even take the money. He said, the, the money is given to you. So says the Medrash, HaKesef, the Gematria is 165, which is the Gematria HaEitz. Meaning to say, what's given to you? Your tree. That tree, <laughs> that's what's given to you. Meaning that same tree that's 50 amas high that you made to hang Haman, to hang Mordecai from a huge thing to dangle way up there to show everyone how much you're getting the Jews, that's what's given to you. Now, what's so strange is that they weren't speaking Hebrew. The Mepharshim actually brings this. There are a few, a few different Mepharshim. The H. Yosef also, he brings this. Mordechai, when he heard that the king said the money is given to you, he translated into Hebrew and realized Hashem was talking to him through Achashverosh and that HaKesef is Gematria HaEitz. And this is what gave Mordechai his whole confidence that he could turn everything around. Unbelievable parents, Eitz Yosef. What is that? Chaim, first of all. <laughs> Why did he think that to begin with? Is first of all, is because the way the king expressed himself was not was nonsensical. Because the money is given to you makes no sense. Haman hadn't yet given the money to the king. He should have said the money should stay with you. The fact that the king said the money is given to you 
which Perish says it to her. It was, uh, I think, also for Bionis and Abish, it said that, that it was Mamish Hashem speaking through him. Uh, I'm going to find his advice. Oh, Hakes Klomar. Um, that, that's what the Mufarshim is saying. The Yosef, and then there's another one that says it also really amazingly. That Hashem literally was speaking through Achashverosh. And Mordechai got that hint. That because he should have said, let the money stay with you. When he said it's given to you, it means it's coming to you. It means Hashem, it's just like you have to be really drunk to understand this. Like Hashem was speaking through Achashverosh as they were transacting the destruction of the Jews. When he said, Hakesef nasun lach, it makes no sense to say the money's given to you. It's with him already. It must mean that you're, Mordechai, it's only like how Tzadikim perceived the world. Mordechai understood, oh, the king said some Persian word for Kesef, and but it doesn't make sense. It must mean these, if you translate into Hebrew, and HaKesef is Gematri HaEitz, oh, he's going down. We got him. <laughs> it's mamish unbelievable. Mamish unbelievable. But we can understand it also spiritually with this. And it seems a little far-fetched, right? So first of all. <laughs> we can understand it more deeply. That what is the um the ha'etz is exactly the opposite of hakesef. Hakesef is quantifying and comparing power and acquisition. Um, the whole world of competition, the whole world of, of, of money and, and, and control. Tree, the tree is, a, is alive. The tree is, a, the Torah is compared to the tree. Uh, the Jewish people, the Navi compares us to a tree being planted in Eretz Yisrael. The tree, the tree is, a, is, is, is the opposite. The tree is the opposite. The tree is that you count. The tree is the fact that they're the same gematria, it's the same idea. Within Klipas Noga, within this world of interaction, within this world of separation, within this world of power struggle and of air that separates or connects, there's that is the big question. What are you connected to? Hakesef or Ha'etz? Who are you in the world? Are you a life-giving tree or are you a money amasser? What are you? And they're both the same gematria. Right, and so when Achashverosh was speaking at that moment, Hashem sent Dafka a message to Achashverosh through that word, because that was going to be the whole simcha of Purim for all of Am Yisrael. We're going to know forever and ever that we're not just numbers; that we really do count. And all the soldiers and and, and the fallen terror victims, they count. And Hashem has some plan that we don't understand much deeper than we know. And it goes back to before creation, which is still with us every instant, before every instant. There's a, there's a pre-timeness that our souls are all connected to. And we know this. And it's above time. And this is our avoidance now in Sphira Sa'oymer, is to keep on counting and keep on knowing that our days count, that we count, and to help each other feel that we can give this gift of counting to each other. And little by little to transform Hakesef into Hakates. Amen. Amen. Questions, thoughts? Have a great day, Toby. Thanks for coming. We had her on a, she's on a train somewhere. <laughs>